Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Concussion Dog Podcast. This is episode 90, somewhere. 104, sorry, 104, and I'm with Alan Pierce. I'm I'm Nick Mercer, and uh, you can follow me on on Good Pods and and subscribe anywhere on any anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, follow me on on social media at Concussion Talk, and uh, and follow my website at concussiondoc.com. Um, and so before I start talking to Alan Pierce, I will like to thank my sponsor, Hedge Health. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by HeadCheck Health. HeadCheck Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. Okay, Alan. So thank you so much for being the doctor. Doctor Pierce or Alan Pierce or Al, as you said, is fine. Al's but uh, you're the director of the Neurosports Labs, uh, is associate professor of neuro of phys, uh, neurophysiology. Is that or yep. associate professor at the Trove University in neurophysiology and the director research manager at the Australian Sports Brain Bank, and I. Uh, just, just be sure. We'll get Alan to introduce himself better than I just did. So, Alan, thanks again for being on this podcast. No, that's fine. Thanks for having me on. So, can you just introduce yourself and just and, and just what yeah. you do is? <laughs> yeah, I sound like I'm I'm pretty busy, and I, I am. I'm uh, yeah. so yeah. As you said in the introduction, I'm a, a neurophysiologist. Uh, I've been uh, focusing on concussion and mild brain injuries now for about 15 years. Uh, I'm an associate professor at La Trobe University where I I do my research, Uh, but I also uh, have just started a new venture with some colleagues uh, called Neurosports Labs, where we're trying to bring some of the stuff that we've done in our research uh, to a wider group of people. So it's not just focused purely on elite athletes, but it's, you know, and we'll probably talk about it, but, uh, you know, our brain injury and concussion is a much wider issue. So that's the reason for Neurosports Labs. And also uh, I contribute my time to 
coordinating research as the research manager for the Australian Sports Brain Bank, which is very focused in on chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE. So uh, that's that's kind of a, a slightly different uh, aspect of, of brain injuries. Okay, well, great. Yeah, it does sound like you're very busy. I just hit mute by mistake for some reason, so it doesn't... Uh... Didn't just just for, just for a split second, so it shouldn't really doesn't affect what you said. Really, I hope hope not. But people tell me if it did, and um, yeah. but uh, it did. It wouldn't affect me major. Um, and uh, if you so before we go into your, actually, originally I reached out to you because I want to talk about the uh, Aussie World football and the I seen you tweet a bit about Aussie World football football, and I know that the Neurosports Labs. Dream that that an Aussie rules football player or former Aussie rules football player is one of the three three head guys of that. So uh, I I think talk about Aussie rules football later because that's an area that we talk about here on this podcast is in North America mostly you know football, hockey, and yep. just and other sports. But uh, Aussie rules football, of course, is is uh, predominantly in yeah. Australia, probably enough. Sure. And uh, so, uh, but your research, you're saying your research into concussion brain. So before you get to talk more about just your general research at the university and at the neurosports labs, could you tell me what transcranial magnetic stimulation is? I know that's an area of, your, of yours. Yeah, that's, that's actually my uh, technique of choice in understanding how the brain works from a physiological perspective. So when we talk about transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS, <clears throat> most nice people, yeah, it's a bit of a long, long <laughs> name. So TMS is much easier. Yeah. Um, but people assume that it's, uh, well, when they hear about TMS, they think about depression. And that's what we call the therapeutic version of TMS. So uh, in, the, in the clinic for people with depression, um, that technique is used as a complementary or maybe alternate to ECT, uh, where it can change the, um, the physiology of the brain cells or the neurons. That's um, electric, electric cognitive therapy, is that what it stands for? Yeah, that's ECT. right. Yeah, yeah, ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. But it's a much milder form um, and, and seems to be quite effective, uh, you know, and, and used before maybe ECT. But that's the therapeutic version, whereas... Uh, while I can use that version, um, don't quite have the funds for those uh, devices, but what I do is a technique called single pulse TMS, and that preceded the therapeutic version. So single pulse TMS started in 1985. So it's been around for a long time and it's been used in neurology and neurosurgery just to help understand the brain, how it works, and also some of the uh, anatomical aspects of the brain as well. So what area of the brain does what? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I've used uh, the single pulse TMS to understand what happens to the brain after a concussion. So what happens immediately after a concussion? So in that week or two after a concussion injury and see how the brain responds and recovers after a concussion. But I've also used it to look at the long-term chronic effects. So particularly with uh, contact sport athletes, rugby players, Australian yeah. football, players, soccer players, you name it, um, boxers, you know, what happens 20 or 30 years later after their career is finished um, and they're talking about having cognitive impairments or movement disorders. Um, and, and so that's what I've been doing to try and understand because 
MRIs and other imaging techniques don't necessarily show anything. So we're trying to understand how that brain works and, and TMS allows me to do that. Great. So uh, you work at the Neurosports Lab. Obviously, it's different than the Australian Sports Brain Bank because uh, that's, that's, of course, with the brains of former athletes. But um, but generally, is that, is that the same type of, I know you're, right? the Australian Brain Bank, Sports Brain Bank, are you trying just to find out if they had CD or? Yeah, so the Sports Brain Bank is based in Sydney under, um, okay. yeah, under Associate Professor uh, Michael Buckland, who's a pathologist. So I'm a physiologist oh, yes. and he's a pathologist. So he looks at the brains in post-mortem. So these are the, these are the athletes that have unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Uh, either they've pledged their brain or their family has donated the brain. And then he has a look at... Um, you know, CTE pathology uh, uh, in in um, under the microscope. So, w- what we're trying to do is is complement our our strengths. So, the idea is that I will study the athletes uh, during life that have yeah. pledged brain bank, and that's and then, what Neurosports Lab does. Yeah, that's right. So that's okay. right. They come into the lab, and then uh, we do our tests and and try and do that repetitively over a number of years, so we can get a bit of a picture. Yeah. Of, of the traveling and then uh, you know when the inevitable happens um maybe 20 or 30 years down the track then we're hoping that michael can correlate what he finds to what we've found in um you know in in um in life so if they having you know mood disorders or impairments cognitive impairments or maybe movement disorders as well uh you know we we can then go okay yep we're seeing a pattern here and and hopefully we can actually try and uh help people in life rather than waiting till after they pass yeah, away. Exactly. So you think you found good data already from your, um, from your nervous sports lab? Like uh, we're still in early days, unfortunately. Yeah. We're, we're going to be, this is going to be a long-term um, yeah. outcome. Yeah. At least 20, 30 years. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. But so for, for athletes who say in Australia, athletes who have sustained a concussion or think they have a day, do they know they have sent a concussion on the company or do they think they may have and you decide that you look at them and say, yeah, you probably did, or you say, you take a doctor's yeah, we, Yeah, well, we're um, working obviously with some, you know, um, colleagues, uh, neurologists, and yeah. um, both here in, in Australia and obviously at Boston University where we're using the criteria now developed by Bob Stern um, to help uh, give uh, a better you know insight into probable what we call probable cte oh, so yes. you know, if someone is uh uh showing signs of um you know possibly dementia like symptoms um you know the criteria that bob stern has uh, published earlier this year uh based on their history so one of the things that we are you know getting to know better now is the fact that a repetitive trauma so it's not just the one or two big concussions but it's the 10 or twenty thousand hits smaller hits yeah. uh, that they've experienced as part of that criteria a history of of uh repetitive trauma then uh helping us understand that okay it's not necessarily alzheimer's but it's probably more uh, cte related rather than yeah. alzheimer's so uh, i know because that mm-hmm. Did you are also the Australian Bank or the Neurosports Labs or both are supported by the Concussion Legacy Foundation in Boston? So it's yeah, good to get, there's a problem. I mean, because for example, Alan and I are talking, I'm 
Newfoundland, which is the far east of North America. And uh, Alan's in Melbourne. And so it's it's now, I'm talking to Alan in the future, actually, because it is now 9 a.m. in Melbourne and it's 7.30 or it's 8, 8 o'clock. So it's like 9.30 in Melbourne yeah. and it's about 8 o'clock here. So, you know, p.m. on Wednesday night and I'm talking Thursday yeah. morning there. So like, <laughs> see what tomorrow's like. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but as, <laughs> as you're seeing a lot of, a lot of stuff in that lady, that the global global solutions are are very important. So just just because it's you can't just solve this massive problem with just just in one area, one country. As in Australia and U.S. can't well, one Canada, U.S. Australia and uh, tons and lots of other places. Obviously, so so it's yeah. big. It's a big. Uh, it's a, it's a big world obviously and there's a lot of lot of people and I'll spell over and know a lot of stuff. So uh I guess I guess first I want to ask you about the uh the reason I kinda I first asked you on this was for Aussie rules Aussie rules football. But uh I want to ask you what you said that 2015 there's a huge number of 10,000 whatever 20,000 hits small hits do is there a sport in Australia that is necessarily You'd, I know because in, in the States, as the US is in Canada, it's football and maybe hockey, which is not as big in the Australian North as rugby, but not as rugby as this is longer. It's a full game, it's not as many South Starts, which is at least the football, the, the repetitive traumas in, in the US, American football, is because the linemen made up and just every single plays last like five seconds, whereas in Australian rules of rugby and those sports they're longer longer like the continuous play so uh so I assume there's, there's less there but I mean but if there are sport or there are other sports in Australia that you find that the repetitive smaller smaller repetitive hits happen more often um well I mean uh, yeah Australian football and and both rugby codes we have rugby league and rugby union are probably the most uh what's the difference what's the um with rugby union rugby league uh it's the for, some of the formation so the general um objective in rugby union yeah. and rugby league to get the ball across the line yeah uh, to get a prize is pretty much the same but uh, there are differences in in the way that they uh in the rules in terms of uh, in rugby union, they have more scrums, so they they come together and have this what you see as a scrum. Yeah. Uh, rugby league tends to be a little bit more free flowing and, and more running. Uh, rugby league tends to be a lot, uh, I guess you know more physical than rug rugby union. Even though rugby union yeah. there's there's yeah. plenty, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it, it generally they're both the same sort of sport, but there are certainly yeah. differences yeah. in the in the rules. Um, but we've, you know, we. I'm just trying to think of uh, yeah, other sports in Australia that, uh, you know, we're pretty pretty similar to uh, North America. You know, we we yeah. have we do have ice hockey now starting to pick up a bit and oh, yeah, really? uh, hockey. Yeah, ice hockey is is uh, is is getting pretty popular now. Nice. Um, we have a, a national league um, as well, and a number of, um, uh, you know, North American. Uh, players will come to Australia and play in the uh, season because it's it's opposite side of the world, so they get to play. You know, Kerry Kerry Goulet, I think, is a player. Kerry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He comes out every couple of years, you know, before mm -hmm. COVID hit, and yeah. has his uh, um, stop concussions uh, yeah. fundraising match with uh, yeah. America versus Canada. So you know that that helps promote yeah. the the sport a bit more. So you know we're we're seeing 
Um, a lot more kids now involved in uh, ice hockey, field hockey, excuse me, field hockey as well. Right. I mean, uh, lacrosse is actually, in Melbourne anyway, uh, lacrosse yeah. is actually quite popular. So we do have a number of, of contact sports, um, yeah. uh, you know, and then you've got the, you know, that BMX. Lends, the science. Pardon? And lend themselves those those that it's yeah. that repetitive trauma. Absolutely, yeah. and then yeah, you have BMX and skateboarding really picking yeah. up as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's actually just mentioning because we're we're going to talk about us conversing. I got sidetracked, but to ask you about Aussie rules football, but uh, but uh, that type thing. Get those those players, those athletes in hockey would be devastating. You can get those Aussie rules football players who can learn learn how to skate and handle a stick. I mean, those days are impressive. Yeah. But uh, I will get ask you if you can just give us a brief, uh, brief or, you know, rudimentary breakdown of Aussie rules football for North America and other places that may not understand it. Um, just in the, in the, in, in the characteristics of Australian yeah. rules football. Uh, well, just, yeah. just the, the rules, nearly how the game is yeah. played and then don't look into yeah. what you see. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a pretty mad game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems to be a you know it's a bit of a combination of uh, uh, rugby, um, a little bit of soccer because you can kick the ball off the ground. It's not just kicking or punting the ball like you see um, in American or North American football. Yeah. Uh, you can't throw the ball. You have to what we call handball. So you have to punch oh, yeah. the ball. You yeah. can't throw it. And why? Uh, and then you'll 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 see, and you can actually kick in any direction or pass in any direction as well. So it's not just a forward moving game, but it's it's a, what we call a 360 game. Yeah. So players can come at each other at different directions. Uh, you can be tackled from behind. You can be tackled in front. You can be what they call bumped. So you don't have to tackle someone. You can actually just hip and shoulder someone from the side or the front yeah. or the back. Um, uh, so it's constant, constant physical, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, characteristics to the game. And, Essentially, it's it's played over two hours, and and uh, unlike America, North American football, eighty percent of the game is in play. So uh, I think I've seen some research that of a of a you know one hour game or thereabouts, taking away the the breaks. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, in play is about twelve minutes, whereas in yeah. Australian football, um, of a two hour sorry, a twenty of a you know sixty to eighty minute time, yeah. um, not taking into consideration breaks, you know. Most of it is in play, so yeah, uh, it's non-stop. And what they do is they don't have a defensive team or a or a an, or an offensive. All players can play attack or defense, and they just rotate players in and out as they get tired. Okay, I'm so, like, yeah, you're in hockey. So, yeah, yeah. So that's right. So it's a bit yeah. like hockey where just rotate players in and out. So the play play keeps going. So, um, you know what we find is that. Um, Concussion rates in um, rugby and, and Australian football are actually uh, higher than in uh, American football because of that constant. Um, okay. Because yeah. You think it's because they're tired because the athletes are more fatigued? Um, and... It's more the 360 aspect. So you could be running with the ball, about to kick to your uh, teammate, yeah. and a player, you know, an opponent can come right across and take you out without you even knowing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I watched this uh, last night in preparation. For this. I watched the, was the AFL the, the rules, the you know, it's just like five, five and a half minute video. Yeah. And I saw some of the plays, and you can actually hit, you can, uh, if you kick the ball forward, you can, the teammate can catch it, but you can use 
the your opponent as leverage like you can clamp, clamp on them like that's yes that's, that's the mark that's what we call mark yeah the that's mark? the so when when you catch the ball we call it a mark okay you mark the ball yeah and you said you can actually climb on someone you can jump onto someone's shoulder and mark the ball in the air so, so that, you, that, that, that's what that's going to be causing a lot of like I mean, people are falling and yeah, yeah that's right. like needing a yep. head by a, opponents too yeah yep, absolutely that all that all happens um and and you know when you do see some of those sort of spectacular marks uh we call them speckies yeah. in australia so if you want to speak a bit of australian you can say well that was a bit of a specky mark <laughs> okay i'll keep that in back of my mind yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Um, yeah. Um, so I know you're one of your your, uh, your partners in uh, the Neurosports Labs was did play Azuril Spall, the former Azuril Spall player. So is that why he got into, into the uh, the labs? That way he's interested? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of my um, partners in the business is uh, Andy Evans, who's uh, a former. Australian football AFL listed players for St Kilda um, and he you know ended up retiring quite early because of too many um, injuries including concussion injuries um, and the other partner is uh, Craig Patch who uh, played rugby league so he, he's an, a former national rugby league player NRL player um, and he, he, he said that he was pretty fortunate that he didn't get too many um, concussion injuries but what uh, you know? What what really sort of struck out to him was when he catch up with some of his old playing buddies, whether right. they were teammates or opponents. You know, he really noticed a lot of them had uh, quite a bit of decline cognitively, yeah. um, but also a lot of them were were expressing concern around their mental health as well. So a lot were suffering from depression, uh, anxiety. Uh, for no real known reason. There wasn't any family history or anything like that. So, you know, it got him thinking, and, and he's a professor of uh, dietetics. Um, okay. And so, you know, we're working together to try and look at seeing if there's any any way that we can try and help, um, you know, treat uh, treat this from a, uh, a nutritional perspective as well. And do you think there's any sort of, I mean, it's a combination. It's almost be yeah. Like- one of the studies that we're doing at the moment uh, for people with post-concussion syndrome in particular, yeah. so not necessarily the, the long-term yeah. uh, guys, or, or, but hopefully it might even work in the acute f- um, phase as well, but we're just focusing on the, on the post-concussion syndrome, um, is omega-3, high-dose omega-3. So we've done some animal research uh, studies that have shown some really good outcomes in uh, rats and mice yeah. with 10 times the dose. Uh, and currently now we're doing a, a human clinical trial to see, uh, you know, if if um, four times the dose in humans is better than the the uh, you know for people with post concussion syndrome. Um, at the moment, it's it's about a gram a day um, for omega three. We're we're trying at this stage just four grams per day. So a few tablets to take, yeah. but uh, you know we're we're trying to see whether that fish eat. Yeah. Pardon? One more fish eat. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, Craig also is is you know contributing to the the trial with some of the products. So, you know, he he said that they've been able to take that fishiness out of the uh, out of the concentration. So, 
so far, everyone who's been involved haven't hasn't complained about a fishy breath. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know Australia is a very sports-minded country. Uh, so how how old would you say most is a AFL rugby, or do they kind of combine? They do say I want to play on the Aussie football or rugby, and they can just kind of go throughout your life as a kid, and then just pick yep. one, or do do you train as a young free young kid for either these sports? Yeah, rugby tends to be more in the uh, northern parts of Australia, so Queensland, which is north uh, uh, northeast of Australia, and also in New South Wales, which is just one state up from Victoria. They're very rugby uh, union and rugby league focused. And Melbourne is in Victoria, right? Yeah, Melbourne's in Victoria, which is and, down. And, sort of Sydney, and Sydney is in New South Wales. That's right. Yeah. So okay. there's about, um, I don't know what it is in miles, but it, no, or in Canada, I think you do. Hundreds. So, yeah. So it's about a thousand kilometers distance between okay. Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, Melbourne and Victoria is very Australian football focused. So, so much so that you rarely hear any rugby news in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. And in, Yep, you bet. You rarely hear any Australian football news. So um, there's a real, you know, real divide between Sydney and Melbourne. It's a bit of a rivalry. Um, So in that sense, kids that that take up football codes, if they're in Sydney or in Queensland, Brisbane, uh, they they will take up rugby only. Um, There's a few, you know, Australian football teams now starting to to get in there, but mostly rugby. And in... in, um, Melbourne, it'll be uh, Australian football. So you don't tend to get kids playing all these sports. So they'll just pick one or the other. But in either case, you know, what we're trying to advocate for here is to try and reduce the exposure to head impacts um, in these sub-junior levels up until probably the age of 12 or even 14. Um, Because uh, one of the concerns that we have is, you know, kids as young as seven or eight getting concussion injuries, um, whether they're playing rugby or, or football, um, you know, so that's something that we, we're trying to, uh, to to talk about more in the media down here. So when when you when you're at your Northport Labs, when you see athletes who are playing out there playing, obviously mostly Aussie Aussie rules football is playing down you better or rugby or whatever whatever, whatever whatever for whatever reason they're in. What age do you start seeing people who come in and say, I think I'm mid making cost or doctor says I can cost or they're <clears throat> Parents, yeah. yeah, so when they do come in, it's generally because they haven't recovered. Um, so they, you know, they're trying to get some more information. Their their general practitioner doctor isn't able to assist them at the moment. You know, at the time, yeah. uh, they might go and see a psychologist who, you know, again isn't able to provide anything. Um, I guess evidence based. Yeah. Um, you know, so the idea of using TMS and and other physiological measures can help both the doctor and the site to actually see, okay, yeah, look, we've got some uh, issues here. And what I generally see is that uh, with people who've got ongoing issues, fatigue is a major um, component of that. Um, And so what I see with my TMS is that, uh, and I've published this as well, uh, is that uh, we've got what we call an inhibited brain. So the brain appears to have less excitability so the, the brain cells are not firing as 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 uh, as well as they should, uh, and they tend to be inhibited. So 
Frequency, uh, or do you think it's like frequency of the cells, or do you think it's more of just that the number of firings is down? Um, well, we think it might actually be due to a chemical imbalance. Okay. So the, the ability of the what we call the neurotransmitters. So if you have yeah. two neurons and you've got yeah. the, the, the synapse, yeah. uh, we find that um, the inhibitory neurotransmitter GABA is affected. So, you know, what that's part of, I guess, what we'd like to do at Neurosports Labs is, uh, okay, if we're seeing an inhibited brain because of, of GABAergic inhibition, uh, what can we do about it? You know, what can we try and look at some therapies, maybe some brain stimulation to start helping change, you know, realign that balance between excitation and inhibition. Um, that's the idea of where I want to go with the research and, and also to uh, with therapy as well to help these people because, you know, uh, probably as, as you've probably experienced this yourself with fatigue, it, it can be quite debilitating. And, yeah, and fatigue uh, can be tough, yeah. Absolutely, but no one really understands post-concussion yeah. fatigue, um, you know, post or post-traumatic fatigue. Um, there are people who can treat post-traumatic migraine but not necessarily fatigue. And so, you know, that's what we want to try and do because as you, as you, yeah, it's, as you just said, uh, it can affect your, your work. It can affect your social interactions. It can affect yeah. your, you know, um, a whole range of areas of that no one is able to really effectively uh, uh, treat and, and um, you know, uh, and, you know, even, even just understand, you know, I guess a lot of people come into my lab to say, look, you know, I get told I'm tired and, and they go, well, you'll get through it. And it's yeah. been, you know, 15 months and I still not through it. Why, why is that? You know? So, yeah. you know, there's this frustration as well. Because I, I know it's part from science and uh, I've also seen in education that I've seen that you're a, you try to teach, teach you the athletes and the, anybody who comes into your labs about the, about questions, about what they can do about them. And uh, one thing I'm saying is that I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of sports and swimming a lot, swimming a lot now, but I find fatigue really affects that. Like I'm trying to, if I can not try, not just, not just trying up and trying for the whole time, but it does affect their, even for our athletes who want to pick in sports to go make sure they take care of themselves. Because I mean, I still feel I get, I get fatigued very easily now I'm playing with sports and I'm swimming and I'm very easy for, I've improved a lot, but I mean, still, mm. still definitely a definite factor. But um, I was you said you mentioned therapy as well. So does not necessarily Melbourne, but you know, you know Melbourne well. But uh, I'll show you in general. You guys have a good therapy setup with like say occupational therapy, physio, mental yeah. health, yeah. any mental, yeah. mental health big big help there for athletes and for anybody being just. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. There's certainly, um, you know, a lot of uh, psychologists and physiotherapists out there um, trying to do the best they can. But what we're limited in is evidence-based outcomes. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of the uh, the therapies at the moment, and this is internationally too. This is not just yeah. Australia. Uh, mm. That they're they're relying on other areas of uh, you know neurology or. or um, trauma to try and yeah. and try and sort of almost take it from that er that area. So say stroke rehab, yeah. and then maybe try and use that for post concussion. And yeah. it tends to be a little it's bit. Not August, no. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if they're too up like players saying people not players, but like some, to people saying that oh well, I know somebody's going to do this trauma, this accident, this this illness, this injury. 
and this worked for them. And you might as well try it, but I mean, because there's, there's yeah. nothing else, and then it's not, doesn't help fully because no. the concussion yeah. dives him, brain damage is just everywhere. So who knows where it is? Who knows? Yeah, that's right. It's, that's right. It, it's probably got a completely different etiology to stroke, you know, yeah. but the reason why we're, 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 you know, we're not as advanced in post-concussion or post-mild traumatic brain injury therapy is because of a lack of, of funding in the area. Um, and so you don't really get the, the ability to, to do some uh, targeted clinical trials yeah. um, uh, and around that. And so we're, we're still relying on other areas uh, of, of uh, science and, and medicine to try and put put that square peg in the round hole, and I, I think that, you know we just don't have. Uh, I don't think people. Or I, sorry, I should say I don't think funding agencies actually appreciate this area. I mean, um, yeah. you know, recently the the minister for health here in Australia, you know, in his uh, uh, media release um, for some research that he he funded some you know a group at the Australian Institute of Sports said three out of four. Australians under the age of 65 will suffer a brain injury. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Um, and so, but yet we're, you know, we're barely putting in, um, uh, well, geez, you know, $50 million over 10 years. You know, that, yeah. that's just a tiny amount of money into this area. Um, yeah. Whereas I know in North America, I think it's, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And so, so you've heard of, I mean, the US yeah. is, Obviously, you've got this huge bank account to do it to fund things. So, like, hmm. again, like you're, you're saying it's just, it's probably you're saying three to four people will, will sustain brain drain their life above, below, under 65. But, um, but in the attitude now, it's just because not, not for any malicious intent, I think, just, just because there's nobody knows what to do. There's no evidence around it. But just, oh, well, that's, just you know, that's part of a lot of living as a human being. You gotta, you know, have a brain injury, so you know, you gotta deal with it. Whereas illnesses, yeah. if people see a light in it, hunnelism, you can cure this illness. You can get a vaccine, you can get treatment, mm -hmm. you can cure this. But yeah, brain that's right. That's that's it's interesting you say that because uh, a few, you know, a few of my friends go, um, "How come you haven't? You know, how, why haven't we got?" Yeah. progress in this area you know you keep talking about the fact that we're not really progressing and i say you know if you look at how much money has has been yeah. um put into you know covid vaccine for example yeah. Yeah. um we'd have this sorted out and you know they're putting trillions of dollars yeah. as yeah. opposed to just several million and they go yeah. oh you know yeah. and and the other part too, you know, when people fundraise, and and this is maybe maybe a little bit of a rant, so I just give you a warning. No, no, trust me. <laughs> you know, when, when you Wait. see, yeah, athletes uh, uh, doing some fundraising, they do it for mental health. Yeah, uh, they don't do it for concussion or brain trauma because yeah. they don't want to be seen as maybe, you know, making the sports look bad. Yeah. You know, so recently, you know, we had. Uh, uh, a couple of very high-profile CTE cases that we announced. Yeah. Uh, both ex-footballers, regrettably, you know, really, you know, sad that they both um, took their own lives. Yeah. Uh, but the the fundraising that has gone around it so, has all been based around mental health. Yeah. And actually, it's important, but it's, yeah, it's, it's that's right. Not the same thing. Right. 
absolutely that's mm-hmm. right and so you know we're trying to say to people that's that's really good that you're doing something for november yep great yeah but this is something different and and so people think that they're they're helping but they're actually helping somewhere else um, yeah. and they don't yeah. realize that yeah so that's the last question about just your as you see the future of your of your own research at the Australian Brain Bank, Brain Bank and at yep. Latrobe slash Neurosports yeah. House, which I many of them serve their much upon yep. much just in terms of research you there. But yep. uh, are you working on anything that's exciting or do you think is or do you or do you are any hopes any hopes you have for your future of your yeah. research? Well the you know um, I guess from the brain bank's perspective, you know, we're we're obviously getting more data on on understanding CT in Australian sports. And I think one of the things that people are now understanding is that it's not just an American sport issue or a North American sport issue. The people are now going, oh, actually, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is a wider issue than we realize. From my perspective as a a physiologist with uh, Neurosports Labs and La Trobe is that we're trying to do two things. One is uh, improve the techniques that I'm doing at the moment uh, to look at a wider area of the brain with with my TMS research um, and deeper parts of the brain as well. Um, and the other part is to to really then extend into some very uh, specific therapies. Um, again, both are relying heavily on on funding to help us. So uh, you know, if there's anyone listening out there who'd yeah. like to to do a cycle. Um, you know, I'm a cyclist, so you know, I always want yeah. to say, Oh, look, help us do a do a yeah. ride from Melbourne to Sydney or something. Yeah, yeah, ride for concussion or cycle for concussion. Yeah. Um, you know, help us raise some funds. Maybe hopefully Neurosports Labs can get some investment so we can actually do some some science as well as some um yeah. uh practical, you know, patient work as well. So uh that that's what that's what the near future lies. So I'm pretty excited that we can actually do something. Yeah, no, that, that is exciting. Actually, you're saying this, you're saying it's very important, which is kind of what the reason I wanted to talk to someone, say, in Australia. Uh, last year, I talked to someone in Nepal, mountain climber in Nepal, but, you know, that's that's about her story. And uh, But it's just interesting there are different people from different parts of the world that the question is not just hockey and football and, and sports that we may have heard of here, you know, Lacrosse is probably her there, but lacrosse and and mm-hmm. other football and rugby, which have also done in Pakistan rugby as well. But still, it's, it's nice here that not, not, not nice here. I shouldn't say nice, but it's yeah. interesting here. It's important. That's a better word. It's important here that there are, that affects everywhere. And also, and as you were saying that, I was thinking also, uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm being cricket is not a sport that's be known much. I mean, we'll know it because of, I know I know because of a the you know, TV show that I probably it's probably uh, it's well known, but it's you know probably it's, anyway a TV show. It was let's say the Cosby Show, which is you know now oh, yeah. not supposed to say talk with that one. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and um, so do you know if cricket has a? I know it's not a contact sport, but there's a. Are there anywhere in the in the IPL or anywhere yep. that that I would that has to, those aims would research or focus on concussion? Yeah, yeah. Well, it it really came to uh, I guess it came to the forefront back in 
I think it's now 2015 or 2016, uh, the, the year escapes me, but the death of Australian cricketer Phil Hughes really sort of brought to attention about, um, you know, the, 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 when, when players get hit in the head by the cricket ball, which is really, yeah, really hard. You know, yeah. Very hard. You know, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, pretty as, as hard as a baseball, you know, it's, yeah. it, and, and they're bowling at, you know, 120, 130 Ks an hour at, at yeah. that sort of elite level. Um, but, you know, obviously with, with Phil Hughes, it wasn't necessarily a ball to the head, but, but he had a freak accident where the ball split one of the arteries uh, around the neck. So, you know, the, the whole issue around helmet design was, was, yeah. Oh, okay. We've got to rethink about, but back in the 1970s and the 1980s where, where batsmen uh, didn't even wear helmets, uh, you know, there were concerns around, you know, batters being hit in the head. So it's certainly there, but, um, and, and we've got a high profile young Australian player at the moment, Will Pekoski, who's on the verge of, of national, he was in the national team. He's dropped out because of, he's had at least 10 concussions now after his, uh, with the ball to the head. Um, mm -hmm. Captain Tim Payne actually admitted that he's probably had closer to 15 or 16. Um, and he's taking longer and longer. Yeah, he's oh. taking longer and longer for each concussion now. Um, he's had some well-documented uh, episodes of uh, depression following concussion. So it, it, in Australia, that that's certainly um, talked about quite a lot. And I actually just oh. did an interview on, on sports radio this morning at 7 a.m. Melbourne time about really? that. So wow. they're, they're talking about it as well. So they're... they're um, that's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are, are certainly aware outside of those uh, football codes. Raves, I actually, that's a, because I know it's in a different area we're going to, I did contact us anyone around cricket, IPL or anywhere in Australia, the IPL is it's just a leap for, that for me, but, you know, but anyone, anyone cricketer that's interested to talk about this, because that sounds, sounds very, very frequent. And, uh, but yeah. uh, what I asked you, one thing about what kind of science we did before you leave, before you hang up, uh, how do you, how do you, how does one get into neurophysiology? I mean, yes. I did, I did a biology degree and I did, uh, I did physiology and I did. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean I didn't, neurophysiology sounds like just more stress. What do you teach? What do you teach? How do you, yeah. how do you, yeah. if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, 
Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. So uh, when I um. I did my degree. I did my degree in biomedical science, and then I did an honors year uh, where I actually got first introduced this, to this technique of TMS. And it was um, so I grew up in Perth, which is on the west side yeah. of Australia, uh, and uh, at the local hospital there, Sir Charles Gardner Hospital, they had a clinical neurophysiology unit uh, where I first learned this technique to look at the brain um, from a non-invasive perspective. So at that time, in the mid 1990s so i'm kind of showing my age a little bit now yeah. but uh, the uh it was a fairly newish technology it was about 10 years old at that time so it was really exciting and and you know to be able to stimulate yeah. the brain non-invasively yeah. get a response was just the most amazing yeah that would be I saw and i was hooked um and so any anything that where you're looking at the electrical activity of the brain you know we, we call it either neurophysiology or electrophysiology Um, and so I've really focused in on my PhD around neurophysiology, and then using this technique, obviously, since then. So it's sort of a, a very niche area within the the, the umbrella of neuroscience. So wow. neuroscience, as you know, is is huge. You've got people who yeah. are looking at single neuron um, versus you know what I do basically as as a clinical yeah. uh, neurophysiologist. Yeah. yeah, you know, so there are areas of neuroscience that I just have no idea about. You know, yeah. it's it's like talking a whole another language. So yeah, um, I no longer teach because I'm trying to focus in on my research. But when I did teach um, <clears throat> neuroscience, you know, I, I had a very physiological flair to my courses. Oh. Um, I, you know, I think my labs, my labs. Yeah, yeah, you know, we would do different techniques where we would stimulate, you know, neurons either centrally in the brain, or yeah. we would do peripheral conduction type studies. I remember as well. doing, doing, doing the peripherals up with frogs in the in my second uh, year. I did everything in humans, so we yeah, would do yeah. more popular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I would, uh, you know, we would get students to test each other and and do peripheral nerve stimulation and and look at conduction times and amplitudes yeah. and. Uh, you know, obviously, then do some central stimulation and look at contralateral, uh, but also look at ipsilateral connections, and um, you know, and then we would uh, do a little bit of, you know, I could do a little bit of, of 
uh, brain stimulation and, and you know, pr prime the brain before you, they would do a, a task and things like that. So it was very clinically orientated, uh, yeah. but it was, you know, it was helpful because, you know, this, this technique uh, has been used in other areas. So one of my former PhD students now uses the same technique to look at, at exercise and strength training. There you go. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think you were, you do talk about so it's exercise and training exercise and also yeah. that's actually another area which we don't really have time yeah. to get into today yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah so you know it's been a very useful um technique yeah. to understand neuroplasticity as well yeah they know it's just just i mean that could be that's a whole serial holy you know 15 20 podcasts just on neuroplasticity yeah. but um yeah people are tired of the pocket of this podcast if we just stuck on that subject <laughs> I find fishing, but, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for uh, for coming on this podcast. And uh, my pleasure. Hope you hope you uh, explained everything you want to explain about your about your your research and uh, and. Oh, uh, look, you know, check me out on um, obviously neurosportslabs.com, but also on social media. So uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I have the handle Alan Pierce PhD. Okay. Um, I follow you on Twitter, obviously, and I yeah. assume yeah, I follow I'll... you on Instagram, but if I don't, about you, so you'll get a new yeah, follower on Instagram in a second. Thank you so much for, for Ben's podcast. You're welcome. My pleasure. Music at the beginning of the podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.